You're listening to Nobody's Podcast, where we share the remarkable stories of ordinary people leading extraordinary lives. Join us as we explore success, passion, and living life to the fullest. The journey begins now. This is Nobody's Podcast, and we're here today to talk with Arthur Gonzalez about satisfaction, success, and dreams. Hello, Arthur. Hello, thanks for having me. Oh, a pleasure. You're the author of a children's book. Yes. The Night the Stars Went Missing. The story is about a dream. Tell us about this this book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, The Night the Stars Went Missing, it's, ultimately it's a, it's a child's journey. It's about a, a curiosity, the strong intuition, the example of like the weight our words carry and how simple gesture, how a dream, how... Being inspired can change the world, how it can be so impactful that it can move even the stars. In this specific story, through a very strong connection with his grandmother, uh, the main character, Winston, would, after she passes away, his grandmother would look up at the stars every night. This is, was his connection to his grandmother when she passed. He has a strong connection to his grandmother. Very strong. She was everything to him, his best friend. And so when they disappear one night, he goes up to the space in the skies um, through the help of the moon and a chubby little shooting star to find out what happens. Um, he's insecure, he's fearful, he's scared. And he finds out that the stars have actually gone hiding or into hiding because they fear what they have seen happen to their friend, the Earth. Uh, the pressure that humans have placed on it and they fear like they are next. And so through this beautiful gesture, he's able to guide the stars back to the skies. And it's all through this connection with his grandmother, which is absolutely like crucial and critical to the life that I have and my connection with my my, my late grandmother. And it's, you know, it's ultimately a climate change story, but there's so, so much is, more. Is he, he's sad that he lo- loses his grandmother. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's what drives him to go up to the sky, to the stars. You know, it, it's what finds, it's what's so important. This connection is so important to his grandmother, even after she passes that he cannot accept that the stars have disappeared. And he cannot accept that his grandmother has disappeared? Absolutely. I mean, But has his grandmother disappeared? His grandmother has passed on. It's, it's implied in the story that she's passed on. And right at the beginning of the story, he tells his grandmother tells him, the stars are made of promises. And when I'm no longer around, when, when my invitation to leave this place comes, you can look up to the stars and they will always be there to guide you to listen to you, to hear secrets, all of that. And so this connection he has with the stars is a reminder and this connection point to his grandmother. Every time he goes out, it's like he's talking to his grandmother. He's connecting with his grandmother. So your grandmother was very important to you. Oh my gosh, yeah. My grandmother, I was, I think, the love of her life. It was such a rich relationship of love, bolstered by pride she was, I mean, the, the, the way that she saw me in her eyes, the way that she see, the way that she presented me to friends, family, it was incomparable. Honestly, she was so proud of me just for being alive, for, for being her, her grandson, her only grandson. And she would spill it to the world. She would scream it to the world. Everyone that came past her, they knew everything I was doing. It, I could do no wrong in her eyes. She loved me. And a lot of my core values come directly from her. And 
she passed. She passed away uh, about a year ago. And what's funny is that while I was writing The Night the Stars Went Missing, originally the component of the grandmother was not there. And I was at a point as my grandmother was ill and she ultimately passed away where I felt this missing piece of his motivation to go up to the stars. Like, you know, it could be any Pixar movie. Like we're going up to the stars. It's a kid. Like it could be just imaginative and fun, but there was something deep rooted that was missing. The driving factor. The driving factor wasn't there and everything for me, it needs that. And so when she passed away, it's funny, like in all of grief and these moments, there's these like openings to that, that if, if you're aware of it, that there's like a gift there, there's a message. And I was like, oh my God, this is his inspiration. He needs to have this relationship with his grandmother. I need Your to grandmother it. was an inspiration for you. Everything I did was to truly, at the end of the day, make her proud. I mean, there was nothing that I could, I could do that would not make her proud of me. But I knew how much she loved me, that it drove me. My mother as well. It drove me to want to do amazing things. To Everything that came out of her mouth was worthy of what I was doing, right? So 1,000%. Dreams are extremely important. I'm a dreamer by trade. So you live. I live. We dream. It's amazing how our life is split into two parts. There's the awake, and then there's that sleeping. Yeah. Where we think we're not living. Yeah. You know, in, in Hamlet, perchance to, to sleep, perchance to, to dream, you know, uh, is there another life, you know, to be or not to be? He's contemplating suicide. You know, and he says, well, what's on the other side? You know, I'll, I'll sleep, I'll rest. I can't take this, this turmoil. You know, I can't take this anymore. I'll sleep and I'll rest. Maybe I'll dream. What does it mean? Maybe there's another life. Dreams are so, and yet we sleep, we forget. Yeah. Your book was a thought. From a dream. From a dream. From a dream. You dreamt it, you thought it, you created it. Yes. Your grandmother, La Abuela, was your inspiration. Yes. To life. Was to it everything. inspired you to live? Yeah. Um, you know, she would, again, I was always encouraged to do my best to push for success and, and whatever that looked like. And, and often I, I think I struggled with what is success because I, I just, I don't know, sometimes I think back like, do, will I know if I'm satisfied with something when it's something successful? What I found is when I'm, when something like this creation, this art of creation that was inspired by family, friends, love, dreaming, when it came to life, like, yes, maybe it's not in every bookstore quite yet, right? Or it's not a, a, an animated film, but having it in my hand and being able to, to, to deliver that to a person, knowing that my grandmother just looking down on me, that was success for me. And I'm starting to realize it's those moments that mean more. And when I think about it, she used to call me her principe, her prince. And so... Whenever I'm, you know, we met a, or I, I've done a couple of uh, markets and every time I exchange and I see somebody's reaction to the illustrations, the story, the fact that it's a brown skinned boy, the diversity aspect of it, I think of her saying, that's my principe. And that just drives me even more because so much of the story that makes it what it is now is the, the added factor of the grandmother because it moves the entire story from beginning to end the gesture at the very end of the story he gives the stars as his token of commitment 
the only last piece, the most, he says, this is the, the most important thing I have in my life. It was the necklace my grandmother gave me. And he gives it to the stars. And he goes, this is my promise to you, my commitment. And that is a gesture because of that. They know, and they all like freaking, they're like, you're going to give this to us? Is it considered a token of my commitment, my promise? And again, the weight of the words and how a simple gesture. What was the gesture that your grandmother, maybe you can remember that your grandmother gave you that confirmed that you were loved? Oh God, you know, there was never one specific gesture. It was a daily gesture. It was the, the continuity, the consistency. There was quite literally nothing that I can do that would make my grandmother, that would ta- tarnish the, 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 the way that she saw me. It, was re- it really is such a beautiful thing because I don't think that that often exists anymore. I think in this like new age, there's so many different like levels of like, what is, yeah, that's cool. I like that. That's okay. But this like deep, pure, 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 pure love, I just, I don't see it. And sometimes I think back and I'm like, gosh, I hope that's not my only experience with that. I mean, I have my mom and she's quite literally the same, um, but she's a product of, you know, my grandmother. Right. So as you are, a as, product as I am. And so I try to also gift that love through my stories, my relationships, my, I mean, you talk a lot about the dreaming and I am a true, sometimes I'm a 39 year old man and I still will take a moment to tap out. And I'm like, what would it be like if I had magic powers or if I did this and I'm st- just the idea of dreaming it allows us to feel when infinite. we're children right when we're children we dream we dream that we could have magical powers we dream that we could be spider-man or all superman and then all of a sudden someone tells us you're not supposed to dream that that's not reality and you start to slowly fade away because you have no drive what I will say is about that is that if I didn't have the love behind my grandparents growing up, and one of the reasons my core mission is writing these stories that are diverse and and putting out there what I did not have, because as a child, what I was shown to aspire to, to um, desire, looked completely different for me. It made me feel irre- irrelevant. It made me, it created a complex. I felt other than... I felt, and, it, and over time, it made me feel like I was broken. If I did not have that love to back me up, I would have thought that I wasn't enough, to be quite honest. And it was because of that relationship, that foundation, that backing that I had, that I think allowed me to continue moving through, even though everything, publications, media, all of that, did not show myself being successful. It, it was a different story. It showed something completely different. Your grandmother, we've established, was an extremely important factor in your life. And she left. She did. How did you react to that leaving? It was, you know, I I have a a few, it's kind of twofold. Like, I'm of the belief that when you get to a certain point in, in life and you are, your mindset is just not there, you're living in a bed that is not living and that I don't wish it on anybody. And so when she passed, it was very sad, but also I was relieved for her because I wanted her to be with my grandfather. I wanted her to no longer not just be a, a lost vessel in a, in a body, like she was not herself anymore. And I felt blessed that I was able to be one of the last people whose hands she held, 
even at the very end. But you grieved. I absolutely grieved. The fact is that my grandmother's not there anymore. She's just not a physical presence in my life. And there's only so many times I can speak to her and not have a two-way conversation. And I'm just talking out to the ether, hoping, hoping that in some, some form she's hearing me. But of course I grieve because I, I grieve that, that, that love, that factor. I no longer, I have that for my mother, but I don't have that from her. And it was so important in my life. Did the grief push you to do, to be active? Well, the grief is what inspired the grandmother piece of the story, which honestly, at the end of the day, for me is one of the most, if not the most important piece of the story. And it's what drove me to allowing myself to publish it. I don't think I would have actually gone forth with publishing it. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been satisfied with it until I had that piece. And so in that moment of, of that grief, again, that opening, like the awareness piece, like there's a message here, there's an opportunity here, and I could still have her live Who on. Who gave you that? Who gave you that message? She did. Your grandmother. She absolutely did. 1,000%. In Greek, crisis means difficulty and opportunity. Crisis is similar to trauma. Trauma is crisis. We've often heard said that it's not about the trauma. It's what you do with it that makes the difference. Yeah. And death is trauma. Without a doubt. You know, you lose the people that you love. But you can make that a gift. Yeah. You know, that when someone passes, they might pass at the right moment so that you can become who you want to become. I 1000% agree with that. And it's very, it plays to when my father passed away, I was about 22 years old. And at that time I was dealing with my sexuality, my, um, my future, like I'm supposed to be this doctor. Do I really want to be that? Uh, and when he passed again, and this opportunity of freedom came to me and I seized it. And I said, one, I'm not going to be a doctor. That's not what I want to do. It allowed me to disarm myself and, and be honest with myself. And I truly came out unapologetically. It gave me this feeling of invincibility. Because when you go through death also, you feel this like, what does it matter? Right? You question, you know, the existentialism of, of everything, why you exist. Like, why am I worried about all these different things? Of course, sometimes those feelings are fleeting, right? And you ha it's really hard to sustain that forever. But if you have a good, I think, security system which luckily I did my grandmother, my mother, my sisters, you know, you, you, you can hold on to it and you can hopefully continue that forward. So what's one sentence that you would tell the child who's about to read this book, Night the Stars Went Missing? I would say, even if it's not specifically about this book, when you read this, look at the stars, look at this boy, Winston, and look at his, there's actually, a, there is a line in the book that he goes, but I'm just a boy. And the star that he's with, the little chubby star, tells him, no, you're a boy in the clouds. And he's like, wow, you're right. Like, I'm not, and sometimes I, I think we so What does often, that mean? What does that mean, you're a boy in the clouds? You're not just any boy. Like, look at what you've just done. You're in the cloud. You're in the, you're in the cloud. You're in the star. You're with the stars. You're on this hunt to do something magnificent. You are so much more than what this label that you're, you're telling yourself. You're, you're limiting yourself. For a moment, stop and look at you are so much more. You are not just a boy. You're a boy in the clouds. And the only reason he felt like he can do that without even questioning anything was because of, because of his grandmother. In the 60s, 
children were asked what they wanted to be when they grew up. And they asked the little boys and they asked the little girls. And the little boys would say amazing things like astronaut or even garbage man, you know. And when they asked him, why do you want to be a garbage man? Because I want to ride on the truck. When they asked the little girls, the little girls, some of the little girls said things like, you need to learn your limits. And you need to learn your limits. Little boys were taught that there were no limits, that they could dream whatever. Little girls were taught that they were born to have limits. Yeah, absolutely. Today, books like The Night the Stars Went Missing, the stars, there are no limits. No limits at all. Infinite amount. And it's so true because what we are exposed to as children, it's so important because it shapes the way that we view the world, how we view ourselves in the world. And so with the limitation of like, you know, in the 60s, I'm sure every publication, everything was like a male as like a doctor, some limitless like professor or um, political figure. And that's probably why females and, and women felt that that's all they could, they could be is like a homemaker or, or something with a limit, like, you know, a ceiling. And so that's why it's so important to have this representation, this diversity, because we subconsciously kids are creating this like idea of what they can and can't be. And they're automatically limiting themselves because they haven't seen it. So the exposure, the, the different perspectives allow us one to feel like others, um, other perspectives, but to see ourselves as something different than what potentially we've been told. And that is like a magic a magic power in itself. Like it, it's so valuable. Don't stop dreaming. You cannot stop dreaming ever. And these books are all about the dreaming. Like here, let me show you another book. So like you can continue to dream. This could be you. And this is not just a, a, just a scratch of the surface. There's even more. If you could dream it, it could happen. Do it. And so that's why I think stories, especially at a young age, that provide this diversity and perspective and and background and experience is so important because we need to allow an opportunity for children to 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 expand what they're naturally just given in their in their you know their home and and what they're and and that's what books that's why they're so important so you realize this dream yes what's your next dream well there's a few <laughs> which i'll take it um my next dream is to release another book in the probably early next year called the colorless boy and that one is about a boy that um that lives in a a world that is completely they've eradicated all color like black blue white yellow everything just the general um how we see color it's believed to be the cause of all the wrong in the world but he's been dreaming in color and he thinks he's broken He's like, there was something wrong with me. He's freaking out. And then he comes across this boy, colorful boy, in this colorful house. And this beautiful relationship, friendship. And they learn so much through one another. What is friendship to you? Honestly, I think friendship is reliability. It is the ability to be intimate with somebody and trust yourself wholeheartedly with someone. True friendship. To be able to rely on someone and years might pass and you hear that you know cliche like oh my god when we get back together it's the same but that i feel like that's friendship because there's this genuine connection and maybe that person's been part of what's allowed you to dream and maybe that's why you feel such a strong connection to somebody who knows you're a man you show it 
full of energy, strength, power, drive. You're young. What is your driving factor? My driving factor has and always will be my family. When my grandmother passed away, when my father passed away, I think I've always, everything that I have done has always been in service of providing for them, you know, ultimately making them proud. And there's really nothing to become, this is something that I put on myself, I think, very often. There's really nothing I could do that wouldn't make my mom proud of me or disappoint her or anything like that. But I think in my head, like, I know how much they love me and I want to just make them proud. Again, I want to, I want to, everything that, that I do is in service of making sure I can meet that potential that I have in my head. Do you meet that potential? You know, I'm human. Every, very often in my in my mind, for myself, I don't. But it's moments where I stop and I have to reset, and I have to like really think back on all of the things that I've done and my successes, and remind myself and kind of fi- and kind of walk myself back. You know, but we're human. So you, you you had a driving factor when you wrote the night the stars went missing. Then you wrote the night the stars went missing, but you didn't stop. So, so the driving factor, I mean, how did you feel about writing the night the stars went missing? I loved it. I actually had to go through a couple of different versions because it was a sort of children's book. I, I've, I've historically written YA novels, young adult novels. So they're like, you know, 400 pages, no illustrations. So when I wrote this initially, it was a longer length. And then I started to understand the formatting of how the children's books are published. So I had to condense it really think about storyboarding. Um, and it was really actually re- very fun because I'm learning a completely different skill. So writing the book was fun. Yeah, it okay. was very fun. There's two types of books. You seem like a guy that reads. There's two types of books. There's the one that you read that you can't wait for it to finish or you don't even finish it because you just, when's this going to finish? And then there's that other book that you don't want to finish. Oh, yeah. What's the difference between the two? The connection. The connection and the entertainment, I think, is so important. And it depends how we define entertainment. But for me, it's when I see a little bit of myself in a character or their struggle and I can connect to it. And I see that they've overcome certain struggles or adversity. And there's just this connecting factor where you're rooting for the character and the storyline. And you're like, oh, you kind of envision yourself in that story. And that's the book you don't want to finish. That's the book you don't want to finish because you're like, I just want this adventure, this story to go on. I mean, you're rooting Do you for not envision yourself when you look at yourself? I do. And do you love yourself? I do love myself. So do you want the book to finish? I want the, I don't want my book to finish. I just want it to keep going. There's so many chapters left. And, and here is life again. You know, you sit down at a table, you're hungry. What's your driving factor? You're hungry. Mm-hmm. You sit down, you eat. Okay. When do you get up? When do you get up, Arthur? When I feel just right. And it's when I feel, when I'm gluttonous and I overeat, that's when I feel at my worst. And where are you at life right now at that table? I am definitely not at the gluttony phase. I am, I won't say satisfaction quite yet because there's still so much that I want to do, but I'm writing that, that, that sort of, that le- I'm, I'm, I'm on that level right now. Well, when you get up from the table great. and you're satisfied, yeah. it's the book that you want to end. Yeah. It's not the book you don't want to end. Yeah. So that driving factor, you want to keep it going yeah. to keep you alive. But how is the food? The food is amazing. 
So the dinner's good, right? The ingredients are great. They're healthy. They're nutritious. I feel good. I feel healthy. I feel alive. I feel like I am, if my grandmother and my father were alive today, they would be so proud. They would be wielding this book and brandishing it around to everyone that passed by them. Do you feel proud? I feel very proud. Thank your grandparents. Yeah. They taught you that. Yeah. They taught you to feel proud. They're still there. They're still teaching you. I They're still it. driving. I do feel it. I think they, they, they inspire me, which just drives my motivation and then it drives action, you know? And that's what's been, I think, super helpful during this process. So where can children and parents, you know, find The Night the Stars Went Missing? Yeah, so right now it could be found on my personal website, um, thenightthestarswentmissing.com or on amazon.com. Um, just type in The Night the Stars Went Missing. You know, on the 15th, little known secret, so shh, but Kirkus, which is one of the largest like reviewing publication um, organizations, will announce tonight the stars are missing as one of their best indie books of 2023, which is a huge milestone. And that is like one of the successes that I'm like, wow, I, I did that. I did that. That's that feels so good. Arthur, an immense pleasure. Likewise. To have met you and to have had you here today. I'm sure I'm I could stand in line with uh, La Abuelo and La Abuela yep. to wish you continuous success. Thank you. And satisfaction in your life. God bless. You Thank know, you I for coming. I sign every book and I'll, I'll leave it at this. I say, never stop reaching for the stars. Never stop dreaming. Thank you for listening to Nobody's Podcast. We hope our guest story today has inspired you to live your dreams and achieve success on your own terms. Tune in next time as we continue this journey of empowerment and positive change. Dream big, work hard, and go live the life you've always imagined. This is Nobody's Podcast, signing off.